Hello and welcome to the University Guide podcast. I'm David Hawkins. In this episode, Alice, what are you doing? Hello, Daddy. Alice, I'm doing a podcast as it's episode 50. It's a special one. Okay, but I had an idea. Alice, what are you up to? Don't worry, Daddy, it's fine. Trust me. Alice, why do you have that tape? Alice, what are you doing? Alice! Hello and welcome to the University Girl Podcast. I'm Alice Hawkins. In this episode, we will find all out all about the University Guy, or University Dork as we call him, David Hawkins. I've made sure he can't go anywhere for a bit, so he's going to answer my questions. So, David, how are you? Thank you, Alice. Um, I've been more comfortable, but I'm okay, thank you. So, come on then, you've done this. Do you have some questions for me? Yes. Why do you have ten gazillion flags of universities on the wall? Okay, so we're recording this now, Alice, and we are in our home, and we are in my office, and I do have a lot of flags over there on the wall. If you look over, you can see we have got flags from Jacobs University, from the University of Transylvania, Oregon University, Savo Virginia, McAllister, and then lots of others hidden around by the back. And so those flags are called pennants, and the pennants are given... Um, by me when universities have done events with, with the university guys um, or when I visited those universities. And it's a really good way for me to show to, to students um, of all the wonderful universities that there are in the world that they might not be aware of. And it's also quite a nice memory for me. And, and if you look over there, Alan, you can see also I've got lots of badges of conferences. So I've got lots of ones from International ACAC and um, CIS and then IC3 and helloa and all these kind of things of just all the wonderful professional opportunities I've had to go and speak at conferences or you know, listen to other amazing speakers or learn from things, um, including last summer when we went to International ACAC at Western University in Ontario and we all went and you came with your two sisters. And yeah, so the, the um, pennants, the flags and everything over there just for me is a really nice reminder of what a wonderful thing it is to be helping students find out about university. Does that help? Meh. <laughs> Which one do you like best? They're lame. Why are they lame, Alice? They're lame. No. Okay, what what other questions have you got for the worldwide listeners of the University Night Podcast? Which are the best universities in the world? Which are the best universities in the world? So this is something that gets comes up a lot and something you have to talk about. The, and certainly talking to you, thinking about it, the best means different things for different people. A lot of people, a lot of parents, uh, maybe a lot of students, maybe even lots and lots of teachers or head teachers at schools will go for best based on kind of, you know, like name brand. Like if I ask you, Alice, what's the best car in the world? There's cars that you've heard of, aren't they? Like what types of cars have you heard of? Citroen C4 Cactus. <laughs> okay, well, that's our car. But if you were saying, like, one of the best cars in the world that's that famous worldwide, what would you think of? I don't see need for expensive, overpriced cars. Okay, well, that's a, that maybe is a good point, then, because maybe it's an expensive, overpriced education or university education might come into it. But a lot of people, maybe their cars might go, like, Ferrari or Mercedes or, or Lamborghini or things because... 
because that's what they've heard of. And quite often with universities, you get people talk about Oxford or Cambridge or Imperial or Harvard or Stanford, um, you know, because they've heard of these places. And actually, they may not be the best for a certain student. And when people look at rankings of these terms like the Ivy League or Russell Group or stuff, they end up in, you know, potentially basing their decisions on someone else's factors. And actually, you know, I'll take the fact that you've given the brand of our car there. Our car, our Citroen C4 Cactus, does it work for us? Yes, and it's good. It suits us, and it's right for us. It wouldn't be... If we were... If I was someone who didn't have kids and was just needing to you know, travel around the country, visiting schools, giving talks and workshops, would I need that kind of car? No, I'd have a different kind of car. Um, before, the car... What was the car we had before we had a Citroen? What did we have? A Volvo. And a big old Volvo XC90. Um, and that was a big car because at the time, two of, of the three of, of you were in car seats. And so I needed a bigger car. We'd have a buggy to go in the back and stuff. So back then, that suited me. So when you say about best university, it's best for who? Best for whom? Yeah. So what's the right university for one person might not be the right for the other. And so it's a really dangerous thing for people to think about of, I want my child to go to the best university because they might, the child might hate it. They might not be suited to it. And so the work that a good college counsellor does, and there are so many awesome college counsellors around the world, is to help a st- students and maybe advocate for that student with their parents or, or guardians to work out what is the best for them just because a university is highly ranked or it's got name recognition that someone has, if the student gets there and hates it and does really badly and drops out, then that's terrible for them, isn't it? And the student might do better because of something else about the university. It might be the subject, it might be the country, it might be the style of education, the teaching, all this kind of stuff. So best depends on what you want to do. When you think about it, I know it's a long way off, but seeing as your dad is a university advisor, you do think about it. What do you want to study at university? Lots of things. Lots of things out. But there's one subject I know you've talked to, and you talked to some of our, of our friends who are university admissions officers about it. What is it you want to study? Architecture. You want to study architecture. And so there are different ways architecture is taught. It can be very theoretical, it can be very practical, you can do it in a way that's very um, design based. There's one courses that are very entrepreneurial. Um, and so we'd find, if that's what you do end up wanting to do when you apply to university, and, and what's probably only seven and a bit years time which is a bit scary um you will will find if that's what you want to do the option that's best for you rather than it's just best because it's ranked somewhere else so yeah you know lots of people and lots of school counsellors ask for your help which people or podcasts have you learned the most from uh that's a really good question Al. um i think one of the things that i really like learning from is when i host international universities in the UK and we go and visit schools and things um, that's a really great learning opportunity you've met some of those people when they've come to the house before we've done things yeah they give us biscuits and chocolates and maple syrup yeah yeah so that's quite good just to learn like not just the the way in which little bits of the process work but actually the bigger picture stuff I guess linked to that I really enjoy reading the Chronicle of Higher Education in about the US and particularly Eric Hoover's journalism I like um, Times Higher Ed in the UK. I follow a lot of people on, on Twitter. Um, John Birkenstatz, Akil Bello, really make, make me think a lot about stuff. Um, but it's just the whole community of being involved with international education. Um, and kind of, I feel that a lot of the, the things that I can do to help with the benefit of being an independent counsellor here in, in the British Isles is to take a lot of these kind of things 
which someone in school who's maybe you know, a teacher and doing higher ed advising and coaching sport or in a tutor group or something doesn't have time that I can kind of take a lot of that kind of stuff and aggregate it which is why I like doing my monthly newsletter and through sort of my Facebook page and Twitter to get those kind of really interesting articles out. So, yeah, lots of stuff. Um, po- other podcasts, I really like The Crush. It's a good podcast. If anyone hasn't listened to that, should do. I like The Alp, the Missions Leadership Podcast. That's really good as well. Um, so those kind of things as well. And actually other guests on the podcast, actually. Chatting to really great thought leaders in podcasts. I've got a really good one coming up soon. His name actually. Daddy, like me. And obviously, I learn a lot from you, from you and your sisters, Alice, as well. So yeah, good question. Next question. What have you got? If you could have a magic lamp and ask for three wishes to help the higher education world work better, what would you ask for? Oh God! So if I was Aladdin and I had three, three different, um, three wishes. Okay. Well, one that I think a lot of people know I've wanted to push for a year and have pushed quite hard in conversations in the British government is to make it possible that the UK student loan can be used outside the UK. I think that's a massive barrier. And even though there are some really, you know, cheap, cost-effective options to study around the world, if you were relying on your UK student loan to fund that, then you, you, even if it's £5, if you don't have £5, you can't do it. And when I go to the Channel Islands, Jersey and Guernsey, and I see how they can take their student finance beyond the Channel Islands and just what a game changer that is, I really think that would be well. And there's no, there is no practical reason with it in the UK that it couldn't work. That the, the deal is between a student and the student finance people. Where the university is doesn't really matter. Um, and so that would be one thing. Um, I think I'd love to be able to sort of take take a family when I'm working with them and I can hear in the conversations and things that are going that they're just not quite approaching an international university perspective as if they were a student from that country. They really just can't get out of their their British mindset of it. Just be able to put them forward maybe eight months, ten months and make them see why the sort of things I'm trying to get them to think about are matter. So, you know, just not understanding the differences between like the most hyper-selective US colleges or too many applications and how it is going to cause some difficulties at school and, and just yeah the bit that worries me is seeing the students set themselves up to have a really horrible last year, last year at school so there's that one third third wish um third wish uh, and the third wish i think quite often admissions happens in the sort of national silos so people from one country in many cases don't understand how it works in other countries and say someone in the UK I would love to be able to take a lot of admissions uh, staff and recruitment staff from UK universities and show them how it works in other countries and a part of that I think would be the agents the number of UK universities who I contact and assume I'm a commission-based agent because they don't some not all, some but don't understand that I'm actually a counsellor and not a commission-based agent, and I'd love to be able to sit people down and say, what are the positives of commission-based agents? What are the negatives of commission-based agents? And actually to kind of say, look, as a UK university sector, why are we so dependent on that commission-based model in a way that the rest of the world really isn't? Um, I, that would be my third one. So, okay, that's my three wishes. So, can I put this podcast into my scholarship application? <laughs> you scholarship application when you're applying for university um yeah i mean that's interesting so alice you're 10 so we've got a chunk of time but 
again, this is where like the bigger picture idea of of thinking about international applications is. What is an international application going to look like? What is are kids going to still be writing essays? How is it going to work? Yeah, we've already got a thing called the Kira, which I know a lot of universities are doing. And What's I, the Kira? It's like an online sort of mini interview assessment thing. With we're using new technology. Are you going to use AI? Will there be some kind of you know virtual reality headsets? I don't headsets? trust robots. Yeah, so I don't know, but yeah, if you you know if if people then you know message in and say they much prefer the University Girl podcast to the University Guy podcast, then then yeah, maybe you will be. So I could start a podcast. You could. There we go. That would take up even more time. So okay. Um. Yes. Maybe. Um. If Swanee will accept it, then yes, you can put this into your scholarship application. I don't want to go to Swanee. <laughs> don't let Tim and Leanne hear you say that. Okay. What's your next question, Alice? Do you think the coronavirus will mean less students apply to international universities? Okay, I'll be pernickety and say fewer students, but possibly, I don't know. Um, it worries me, as just talking about the student loan, that it may, this, this may exacerbate global divides and, and sort of privilege or not privilege and wealth divides and things if it becomes prestige of the wealthy universities uk had a great campaign recently about saying just what an impact studying abroad had on people's employment opportunities and that was studying boards just maybe for for a term or, or a year that i really do think that britain particularly maybe a post post-brexit britain wouldn't it just be a wonderful policy to come out of government to say yes we have left the european union and yes it might feel differently but we are a global country and to make it a global country we will allow you to take your student finance to another country i mean it would just and it would be transformative um in the short term yes i guess so it's going to have to be and that will be based on the practical reasons of just people's flights won't be able to to take off and land in a normal way and it just won't be possible to do it you might not be able to get a visa worry about people not having money but What's equally the, visa? the the paperwork you need to be able to study in another country you can't just turn up in another country and, and find you have to have kind of some kind of permission to be there and so a university will through a process sort of sponsor a student to have a visa it works in other places i think also though i think people can look at the value of things differently um something i said recently on a, on a webinar with uh, with my friends from unifrog is that we talk about you know such and such is a good university ah oh, you ain't there that's a good university or that's a good school if we're talking about american things well that tends to be about you know rankings and quality inception but i'm hoping that maybe after after this good will actually have like a moral sense like a university that treated its students and its staff and its faculty and everybody well that made a positive contribution to these challenges we're all facing that's a good school that's a good university not your student faculty ratio and your admissions rate and your yield rate makes you quote unquote good good is actually something where you say i want to go to this university because they treated people well so yeah okay yeah because if you have a small university it's and but it has lots of good things like a swimming pool and a massive library. That means it's better. Okay, maybe you're talking about bishops now, Al. After our times with with Dan and, and his family, is that's so again another purple university. Okay, is that all your yes. questions? Have you got it's any more? Good. <laughs> it's good. Good means different things to different people. That is the fundamental part of my counselling. Good is not a label that someone else gives to you. You need to work out what is good for you. So like ice. Like ice cream. There we go. Right. Is there is there any more questions, Alice? Or, or, or no. Be released? But congratulations on your fiftieth podcast. The intro music is an earworm, and I'm sure they are good, even if I rather play Minecraft. 
Thank you, Alice. So goodbye from the university girl. Goodbye. Goodbye from the university guy. <laughs>